You are listening to The Scope, Phelps Health Podcast, Episode 6. Today we're talking about COVID-19 and what Phelps Health is doing to keep you safe. Let's get started. Hi everybody, I'm your host, Paige Heitman. The Scope Podcast is produced on a regular basis and can be found by visiting phelpshealth.org. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your SoundCloud stream or subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also follow Phelps Health on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, or Facebook. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. Today, our guests are Ryan McKee, Director of Emergency Services at Phelps Health, and Gavin McDonald, Staff Development and Clinical Coordinator for the Emergency Department at Phelps Health. Welcome to our show today, guys. Hi, thank you. We're really excited to have you guys here. So before we get started talking about um, what we're going to discuss today, tell us a little bit about yourselves. Whoever wants to go first. (laughs) Uh, Like I said, my name's Ryan. Uh, I went to University of Missouri in Columbia, received my bachelor's in nursing. I have two kids, uh, one's eight and one's 15, so we're starting that whole driver's ed situation. Mm-hmm. A little scary, but we're alive. Uh, my wife is also uh, in healthcare, she's a nurse practitioner, and uh, I've been in Phelps Health for about ten and a half years now. And before we move over to Gavin, what makes you choose to work at Phelps Health? I chose, we moved into the area from St. Louis about ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were looking for somewhere with a community feel family friendly in a smaller community so moving from St. Louis to Rolla was a shock mm-hmm. but uh, we enjoyed it here we liked the sense of belonging at Phelps Health and the chance to uh, be successful and also make a difference in the community. Awesome all right Gavin I'll let you go. Good uh, luck following that. I know right? <laughs> Set the bar. Totally light. I'm Gavin uh, I've been with Phelps Health for nine years now mm-hmm. Uh, I went to school at East Central here locally. I graduated with my uh, with my RN and started as a tech in the ER mm-hmm. while I was going through school. Uh, and then uh, I was a nurse, then a shift manager, and then been in my current position for about two years now. Uh, right, two years, almost two years. Uh, my wife also works here at the hospital mm-hmm. up on uh, telemetry. She actually just graduated with her nurse practitioner. And then we have two children, uh, a five-year-old and uh, almost a one-year-old here next month. Oh, so, that's awesome. yeah, very busy. Also, the um, deputy coroner for Phelps County. Uh, so I'm not working here. I'm usually out working somewhere else in the county. But uh, just stay busy. Mm-hmm. And you have kind of a cool hobby too, right? You write children's books. Yeah, I write uh, well books. Um, my just had my first children's mm-hmm. book published. Uh, until Forever is done, you can find it on Amazon and you're on Books and Toys or anywhere locally. Uh, and then also Razor Up, I, I wrote uh, five years ago uh, when my first daughter was born. That's fantastic. Yeah. Really cool. So again, we're really excited to have you guys here to talk about some of the cool stuff that we're going to be discussing today, like patient safety, emergency care, Phelps Health Air and Ambulance, and kind of what your guys' experience have been like to be on the front lines of COVID-19. So, Ryan, um, you had been in an interview previously with St. Louis Public Radio where you talked about how Phelps Health as a rural community, interestingly enough, has been ahead of the curve with COVID-19 because we've been able to get our processes in line before we even had any cases. Can you guys talk a little bit to that? So I think the big uh, step up for us was because our administration really felt strongly that they wanted to protect our employees and our community Mm -hmm. before uh, any of this really broke out and got large. We didn't really know the scale at that time. Yeah. Nobody really did from the CDC mm-hmm. on down. So they felt it was necessary to make a big push to protect, like I said, protect the employees 
and patients. So we set up everything we possibly could, made arrangements, did social distancing before that was even a key term. So I think the big deal for our hospital and this community is our administration really stepping up and investing the funds and investing the time and believing in their employees that uh, whatever we do will make a big impact in the prevention of the spread of COVID, which I believe we've seen in the numbers here in our local community. Absolutely, and I know Pulaski County just also did targeted testing too, and out of the 600 and some odd whatever that they tested, zero came back positive, mm -hmm. which is really cool, and that might even speak to the social distancing efforts that we've been able to implement across the board in our communities, which is really awesome. Mm -hmm. So something else that kind of comes up too is that not only has Phelps Health been open to care for COVID-19 patients, but we've been open this whole time to care for emergent situations as well. So I don't know whichever one of you guys, um, maybe Gavin, you can talk to that too, about how the ED has continued to stay open and we've been able to care for patients this whole time. Sure. Yeah, the, the whole implementation of the respiratory tent mm -hmm. across, across the way, we, we didn't know how that would actually affect mm -hmm. us in the ER. Uh, what's been great is it, it's, a, it's allowed um, people that are at higher risk mm -hmm. to, uh, to stay out of the main population in the ER. In the ER, we've pretty much had business as usual. Mm -hmm. um, we're still seeing emergent patients, we're still seeing very sick people, uh, not necessarily with COVID-19 symptoms, but um, just our everyday population that come in sick and injured. So as far as uh, the process in the ER, we're still, um, we're still seeing all the things we had done before. Mm -hmm. uh, some days are, are uh, higher numbers, some days are lower numbers, but it's really been just kind of business as usual, except for uh, the social distancing, um, the uh, uh, PPE that's being used all the time. What would you guys say to patients who are worried about coming to the ED right now and a lot of people who might be delaying care because they're scared of getting COVID-19 or they're scared of being exposed to anything right now? Yeah, it's, uh, we've actually heard that quite a bit just mm -hmm. talking to people in the community about, um, you know, I was going to come up to the ER, I had uh, this kind of a minor thing, but mm -hmm. then I was afraid of all the stuff that was going on. So that's, of course, a concern that I've that I've heard from, from different people. Mm -hmm. uh, as far as what we would say to them is that um, we, are, we are open 24 hours a day, mm -hmm. seven days a week, and it's one of those situations where uh, we have actually taken so many precautions, administration has put so much effort into making sure that staff and patients are safe that it might even be uh, uh, cleaner and, and safer for you to come here than maybe some of the different places uh, in the community that you might be going to shop at. Um, the, the cleaning <laughs> techniques and the PPE that's used mm -hmm. and the strict protocols and, and, and procedures that we put into place months ago uh, has made it a very safe environment. And so anybody that's needing to come to the ER for any sort of reason, uh, major, minor, or otherwise, mm -hmm. Uh, we encourage them to do so. Um, we're here for them. We want to keep them safe and keep them healthy and help them in any way that we can. You know, I kind of laughed whenever you were saying that because I went to Lowe's a couple weekends ago and every single parking spot was filled. So if people are willing to go to Lowe's to get their plants or to do whatever for their house, they should be fine to come to our emergency department or to go to any of the regular visitations that they have if they can't do a telehealth visit. Correct. Because it's really clean. I'd like to add, I think in our department, we've seen a, a pretty dramatic decrease in people presenting with symptoms, let's say, of concerns for stroke, mm -hmm. uh, maybe concerns of chest pain. Uh, they're deciding not to come to the ER, which is very dangerous. Uh, mm -hmm. So let's say someone is sitting at home and they start feeling some tingling in their side. 
And they thought, well, it's probably nothing, but I don't want to go to the ER because I might be exposed mm -hmm. to something. Well, that is very time sensitive. So if you have any symptoms at all, or the, you know, the community has any symptoms at all, we have a lot of things in place to protect them. They come in, everyone gets screened. We have visitor reduction. Uh, everyone's required to wear a mask. We do everything we can to protect that patient, but we want anyone with symptoms to feel comfortable coming into the ER because if you do not, I mean, that's, that could be really detrimental to the outcome of the case. You know, there, if you come within four, four and a half hours of symptom, onset of symptoms of stroke, we can help treat that. It may not be 100% of the time that we can reverse things, but you're, that's a much higher likelihood that we can, we can do that. So we don't want people to delay their care because they're worried about infection because that could cause a bigger issue on the back end. So we'd like the community to know that we're doing everything we can to keep them safe. Um, and sometimes the risk is more than, is, is higher than the benefit, but in this case, it's mm -hmm. really beneficial to come to ER as early as possible. We're still, like Gavin said, we're still here for them. We'll do everything we can to protect them. And uh, our, our physicians are masks, our nurses are masks, our techs are masks, mm -hmm. and you know, we treat the patients with, with, with the utmost care and respect because that's what we're here for. Whenever you mention strokes and heart attacks, why is it so important for them specifically to go into the hospital as soon as possible? Like we talked about just a second ago, it's, it's time sensitive. So the longer you wait with symptoms of stroke, the more brain tissue dies. Mm -hmm. and you can't bring brain tissue back. Once yeah. it dies, it dies. If you come in, at the beginning of a stroke onset, we can administer certain drugs that can help clear the clot in the brain, mm -hmm. help reperfuse that section, and you, and you can get, if not all, some of your, your functions mm -hmm. back that you may have lost otherwise. And same thing with heart attack. A heart attack, once the heart muscle is injured, mm -hmm. very tough to get that back. Uh, the heart has to compensate in other ways, which can end up shortening your life in the long, in the long run. So getting there early, getting treated early, getting on blood thinners or whatever, you're, whatever the, the presenting symptoms mm -hmm. are, Letting us treat that as soon as possible can, can dramatically affect your outcomes on the backside. Wow, and it sounds like you could have an even better, more positive outcome if you come earlier to the ED and you don't wait because Absolutely. you're scared. Absolutely. So something else that you mentioned that I thought was really interesting is that it's not a scary thing to come to the ED right now, but what about parents of children? What if like their kid breaks a bone or they might have like signs of appendicitis? Can that parent come in with that child or how does that work? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we had had uh, strict visitor restrictions here recently, but even during those times, mm -hmm. uh, that was one of those caveats where we said, uh, you know, pediatrics, uh, mm -hmm. infants, toddlers, uh, absolutely can have your parent with them. Having a parent with a child yeah. is, is, you know, and I know personally, I'm mm -hmm. sure we all have, um, that child is um, scared. Uh, is nervous, uh, they're hurting, they're sick. Um, to have that parent stay with them is uh, is extremely helpful in their in their care there in the ER. Um, we're not we're not restricting a parent to be with the child at the time, and we always want them to bring their child in. Like we said before, um, there's been many times where a parent has asked me, "I'm not sure if I should bring this child in. I'm not sure if it's emergent or if it really needs to be seen today or tomorrow." And my rule of thumb has always been, if you're worried about it, bring mm -hmm. them in. Um, there's no reason to sit at home and fret and worry. Yeah. We're here all the time. It may be nothing. It may be something. But better uh, safe than sorry, Peace right? of mind is, is, a, is a costly thing. It's, it's, it's great mm -hmm. to have peace of mind and go to sleep knowing that you're okay. And so if you're worried about something, uh, don't hesitate. Come on in and let's check it out.
That's awesome. That's really good to know, especially from a parent's perspective, to know that you can go in and console your child and that you don't have to watch from the glass or have to be outside waiting for a phone call to know that your kid is safe. Sure. That's really awesome. So to that point, um, what about 911 care? What can patients expect medics arriving on scene to look like right now? So I'm not over emergency uh -huh. services, but I can, I can talk to it a little bit. Right now, if you call 911, you will get if you're able to talk, mm -hmm. you will get screened for okay. COVID symptoms. So they're gonna ask you a series of questions, yes or no questions, uh, to indicate to the team that's arriving whether or not they should be fully gowned or fully PPE, because we don't wanna come in every house in full gear. Mm -hmm. It's just not necessary. Number one, it's scary for smaller children, uh, even in the elderly. But if there's no symptoms, why waste that, that PPE? Just go in and take care of the patient uh, as you normally would. Mm -hmm. uh, however, even if you screen negative for those questions, once EMS arrives, they, they generally will have masks on mm -hmm. um, and gloves, which is kind of the typical CDC recommendations. Um, but that not only protects our workers, it also protects the patient because masks, uh, those particular masks go both ways. So you can't expect maybe a different set of questions than normal. You can't expect our personnel to have maybe more PPE uh, equipment on, masks, gowns, and gloves, mm -hmm. possibly depending on how you answer those questions. But the treatment's still the same. The, the transport to the hospital is still the same. And coming into the ER is still the same. Everyone's treated uh, in a manner that separates them from the rest of the, mm -hmm. the population, just in case, because we do have those asymptomatic cases that we talked about. Mm -hmm. But we've done everything we can, uh, both inside the ER and Ray Massey and his crew on the outside from the EMS have done everything they can to uh, make the, com the public as comfortable as they can and also prevent any uh, spread of infection. So we talk a lot about the public, we talk a lot about patient safety. Mm -hmm. Why is that so important to us here? So patient safety is, as an organization, as a healthcare organization, your number one goal is to treat the patient, make them better, and get them back to their life. Mm -hmm any disruption in that, any concern about patient safety or anything that may we may enact on them mm -hmm. is something you want to avoid. Uh, people talk about it being a lawsuit thing. It's not a lawsuit thing. Mm -hmm. It's about doing the right thing and treating your patients as I would treat my mother, mm -hmm. as I would treat my father. That's our goal of our employees. That's the goal of our organization. And that's what we've built our mission and vision on is bringing people in, treating them the right way, treating them with respect and dignity, getting them better and getting them back mm -hmm. to their family. So having that as our mission and vision really guides us uh, to know what our priorities are. And we've just recognized that as a, as a big priority, not just for our organization, but for the community as a whole. Mm -hmm. um, and I believe that's the big push from uh, our place is just treating everybody as mother and father. Which is awesome, and I think from my perspective, and I work here, but I'm also a patient here, you walk in and you feel like your family, mm -hmm. which is really awesome. And you guys talked about one of the reasons that you enjoy working here is you feel like family. You feel like this is a place where you come to work, but it's also kind of a place where you feel like home mm -hmm. because a lot of the people that you work with you know personally, and you see them out in the community, which is really cool, and I think that's special to Rolla. So something else that we mentioned too that I think would be really cool to talk about is how can patients be prepared ahead of time to help our staff? So uh, should they show up with their five family members? Should they just <laughs> walk into the ED and yeah, expect not right. to be screened? What are things right. that they can do to help us help them? So of course, we talk about patient safety, but mm -hmm. staff safety is also very critical. We get 
we get um, one of our staff members that gets sick, mm -hmm. uh, ends up uh, testing positive, you know, God forbid, then that, that staff member has infected maybe her family and, and vice versa. So mm -hmm. uh, protecting our staff is uh, as critical as protecting our patients. Yeah. Who, if, if we are sick, then we can't care for you when mm -hmm. you come in sick. And so the best thing that they can do uh, to help protect us is, of course, what everything has been um, kind of been put out by CDC since this yeah. all began. Uh, social distancing, hand hygiene. If you're having these symptoms, it's good to uh, put a mask on before you come into the hospital. Mm -hmm. um, when you first walk into the ER, there's a screening station there mm -hmm. that is being manned. Uh, we take your temperature if you're a patient or a visitor to make sure you don't have any of those symptoms. We have some screening questions. You, we supply a mask if you don't have one. Mm -hmm. uh, you have hand hygiene there. Uh, that is the biggest thing on being able to protect us. Uh, just being prepared as quickly as possible mm -hmm. before you come in. Uh, don't expect you to come in in, in full gear because you might not have that, but we will give you at least the supplies to make you safe to come into the hospital. Uh, as far as bringing your whole family in, if they're all sick, absolutely, we we'll want to treat everybody. Uh -huh. If you're concerned about that, uh, we, can, we can take care of as many people as you need to bring in. Um, as far as just coming in um, to visit, we, we understand that that's, that's a, uh, an issue as far as you want to see grandma, you want to see grandpa, you want to mm -hmm. see your mom and dad. We get that and we understand, but then again, we also want to keep you safe and keep your family safe. And so if it's at all possible to, to limit the amount of people that come into the, into the hospital, mm -hmm. uh, that's going to keep you safe, keep us safe, keep the community safe. So it's just good practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it sounds like it limits exposure, Absolutely. which is really important with COVID-19 because there's still so much that we don't know about it. Mm -hmm. So until we have more data, we have to protect ourselves and protect our community. So what are some things that are considered an emergency that people should come to the ED for? Oh, yeah. So there's lots of emergencies mm -hmm. out there. Of course, the ones that we consider the, the most lethal, kind of what Ryan had talked about, mm -hmm. are those time-sensitive things. Uh, cardiac issues, chest pain, mm -hmm. uh, feeling dizzy, feeling like you're going to pass out, extremely short of breath, mm -hmm. uh, stroke-like symptoms, uh, being unable to talk, feeling um, tingling on one side of your face, having a facial droop maybe, pain that does not go away, mm -hmm. uh, if you have severe abdominal pain, uh, severe headache, uh, pain that is not relieved or, or worsening over a certain amount of time. Of course, anything that's, uh, that's from an injury like a broken bone, mm -hmm. it's good to come in and, and get that looked at, uh, lacerations, cuts, all those things that um, if, if you were following look at your son and you can't wait till tomorrow to get mm -hmm. them in, we would probably consider emergent. But there's still a few things that are time sensitive, mm -hmm. chest pains, headaches, stroke-like symptoms, shortness of breath, uh, that are the most critical to get in in a timely manner. Awesome. That's really good to know, especially for our viewers. So now we're going to take some time and transition into your guys' experiences on the front lines because I think that's really important to talk about. So we're going to go ahead and start with you, um, Gavin. What has your experience been like working in the ED department? So working in the ER, what's and I kind of alluded to it previously, but in some ways it's business as usual. Mm -hmm. In some ways it's completely new. It's a, it's, a, it's a weird, difficult, strange time mm -hmm. to be in emergency medicine, and not just emergency medicine, to be in healthcare in general. Yeah. But we are still caring for the same types of people, mm -hmm. uh, for, the, for the community when they come in. It's, 
working the front lines, pretty much the main difference has been the implementation of the PPE uh, and learning how to uh, uh, safely tell patients how to keep themselves safe, how to protect themselves at home and in the community. Working front lines has been um, a huge blessing from the community. The amount of um, food and drinks and, and, and treats that different businesses here in town has brought in has been such an overwhelming blessing. Mm -hmm. It's one of those instances where we did not get into nursing for the accolades and the praise. You we, didn't get we, into it for the pizza. We didn't. You know, <laughs> I got into it for the pizza. I just didn't think there would be any. Mm -hmm. All right, but it's it's one of those things where we don't expect yeah. praise um, uh, because it's it's our job. And yeah. we got into nursing. The vast majority of us got into nursing because we enjoy helping people, mm -hmm. uh, we, we love to care for people, we love to see people in the worst moments uh, in hopes to get them to their best moment. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, to have that turn around and to be hearing the thank yous, the appreciation, support from the community around mm -hmm. us that we've poured our heart out and cared for for as long as we've been in this healthcare system uh, has been a huge blessing that um, cannot be underexpressed. And I appreciate it. I know that I hear from the nursing staff in the ER and from around the hospital about how much they appreciated uh, everything that's being done for them and the thanks that they're receiving. Yeah, they're they're in a really tough situation and you are too because you guys, a lot of you have families that you go mm -hmm. home to so you put yourselves at risk every day so to know that the community loves and supports you guys is yeah. really special. Yeah, Those first few days, uh, that first week was scary, mm -hmm. you know, and I've been in some scary situations. Ryan has everyone in the ER uh, gets those scary moments, um, but that was a scary week. That first week, because there was a lot of unknown. Mm -hmm. uh, we didn't know what we were walking into. It wasn't something we trained for. We didn't learn this in nursing school or yeah. in orientation. This was something that uh, we all just kind of had to get together and do the best that we absolutely possibly could mm -hmm. for everybody around us. So it was a scary first week, uh, but the support that we received, like you said, from administration, from the community, uh, got us through that first week, um, uh, getting the, the tent up and getting all those uh, supplies over there. And then it was scary to go home. Uh, when we got a chance to go home, uh, to get the clothes off out in the garage and to, to walk in, and then I, I knew I couldn't hug my kids until I got into the hot shower. Mm -hmm. So that was a tough first week, and I, and I know we couldn't have made it through if we hadn't had the support that we did. That's really awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. I know that's um, kind of intimate, and I really appreciate you being willing to share that. Mm -hmm. So now I'm going to transition to um, Ryan. So COVID-19 for a lot of people for a really long time kind of felt like an, an unknown enemy, and it still does in a lot of ways. So what has that experience been like for you? For, uh, for me, like Evan talked about, the first couple of weeks was really up in the air. We didn't know what to expect. Mm -hmm. uh, nobody did. And we prepared for the worst, hoping mm -hmm. for the best. Uh, I think for me, what's really stuck out the most is uh, my people in the ER stepping mm -hmm. up. They never hesitate to take care of someone. Someone comes in coughing, most people would back away. Oh no, our people run towards that. So I've been able to watch them uh, step up, step up to the plate not be scared, not be shy, but come up out of themselves to, to step up above all this worry and all this stress and, and worrying about their families to take care of that person that's really experiencing the worst time of their life. They think they have a disease that could likely kill, kill them, maim them, or, or have long-term effects. So, so much pride within me to watch mm -hmm. the people who uh, I 
I hadn't expected to be, you know, such go-getters and, and to be so selfless to watch them flourish and grow. That has uh, really had a big impact on myself, you know, to step outside of my comfort zone more um, and to be prideful in the fact that uh, if you come to the ER, um, the people are going to step up and take care of you. They're going to step outside their comfort zone mm -hmm. and uh, it, it's going to... It'll be a great experience. Yeah, and you don't have to be worried at all about coming to the emergency department right now because you know that you're going to get a really great staff that isn't going to run from you whenever you cough. Yeah, right. They're going to come to you and say, hey, let me help you. Mm -hmm. We're going to get through this together, which is really cool. And Phelps Health has done a really great job of continuing to let the community know that we are in this together. You are not alone. And I think moving forward, we're going to continue to let the community know that. So as we wrap up here, I want to give each of you guys a chance to talk to the patients about letting them know that it's safe to come to, to Phelps Health or if they've expressed concerns about coming to the emergency department or the hospital in general because they might be exposed to COVID-19, that it is safe here. So I feel like we've alluded to it several times mm -hmm. uh, during this interview, but uh, the people that present to the hospital, whether it's a clinic visit, mm -hmm. whether it's just for radiology, maybe an x-ray, a stress test, uh, whatever it may be, not just the emergency department. Yep. They're going to uh, interact with screening areas. They're going to interact with people with masks. They're going to interact uh, with cleaning supplies. It, it's all going to be surrounded about make, making them safe and preventing them from getting any sort of infection. We're doing absolutely everything we can uh, to not only make sure they're safe, but to make sure that you feel safe. So uh, the community should have confidence that our organization considering you know, we want everybody to be treated as family, what I would do for my parents is the same thing that I'm gonna do for you. So you should feel comfortable in that, and so should our, our uh, entire community, what the entire Phillips Health, not just here in Raleigh or Phillips County. I agree with that, absolutely. So thank you for listening to The Scope. I'm your host, Paige Heitman. If you liked our show and wanna know more, check out phelpshealth.org. Thanks so much.